1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. And with that, Paul, transition a little bit to Paul, the Pro Bowl teams were announced last night. Now, of course, it's going to be basically a game of tug of war and dodgeball and connect four and whatever else they're going to do. <laughs> we're not going to get any football out of it. So I'm a little less. It's so. Here's the, here's my feeling on the Pro Bowl. When I was a kid, I loved it obviously as I got older, I understood it wasn't the same football, but I was never somebody who pounded the table to say, we need to get rid of the Pro Bowl. Look, everybody keeps bailing because I remember when I was a kid liking and I know my cousin's kids were, you know, little teenagers and stuff. They loved watching it. So whatever if they want to go play a skills competition or whatever the heck they're going to do, that's fine. Bottom line is this the Giants got two representatives in and I thought two very deserving representatives. So proud of Dexter Lawrence making his first Pro Bowl team. And of course, everything that Saquon Barkley fighting back from injuries has done for this team has absolutely deserved it uh, and then there were snubs, right? I, I think some were surprised to see Andrew Thomas. And you know, look, there's a l- couple really good quality left tackles, but it felt like he had he had earned it and got to the pinnacle and should be a Pro Bowler. And of course, many thought Graham Gano as well. Could have been a pro bowler. Uh, and, you know, there were different alternates along the line, third alternates, fourth alternates. I know I'm missing a couple guys. I know Feliciano as well is like a third alternate. But a little different now because guys pulling out of injury to play dodgeball may not happen. So I'm not so sure how many alternates <laughs> get there, Paul. But uh, good for Saquon, good for Dex. Sad for Andrew Thomas specifically and Graham Gannon.
1: Yeah, Andrew Thomas is the one that really burns my goat because you you look at Williams and Johnson and Wirth's and the guy who doesn't belong is worse. No Let's not pull any punches. No, uh, no I'm not going to pull punches on this. There's no doubt that Williams and Johnson are very, very worthy. But so is Andrew Thomas. As far as I'm concerned, it's clear he is part of that trio. Worfs does not belong. End of story, period. And that was a very, very bad decision. Yeah, and 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 to be honest, and
0: it's, I'm not trying to knock Wirfs, but if you took Andrew Thomas off this Giants team, put Tristan who plays right tackle, by the way, yes. and tried to convert him, whatever, the Giants are a worse football team. I I, I, Forgive, I really, me. yeah, I, I feel very confident saying that. And I also feel very confident saying that if Andrew Thomas, despite his struggles the last couple of years, was playing with Tom Brady on a Tom Brady led team, he would be getting the accolades today that Tristan Wirfs is still getting. Um,
1: well, let me reverse that, Sean. You think if Orvis was playing left tackle for the Giants, they'd be 8-5-1 right now? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So... I think it all works like that. And it's look, Andrew Thomas
0: will have his time. People have noticed more and more this year, uh, all the, you know, whatever you believe in PFF and pro Football, all of that stuff. Andrew Thomas will have his time. It just sucks seeing him not go to the pro bowl. But again, I'm going to care a little less because I'm not going to see him in stupid red and blue uniforms with lays around their neck, uh, and instead playing inspector gadget. So uh, again, caring much, much less about that. All right, Paul, now we look ahead to this game with the Vikings, and I'm, obviously, we'll give our game picks at the end of the show here. But this game, since the high of the commander game, remember, it's a rough turnaround because we go Sunday night. We're taping this on Thursday. I'm still re- really high. I've been watching Sights and Sounds and everything else, uh, rewinding, looking for Paul on the sideline and all of that good stuff. I have to say, this game is the game I am struggling with the most on not having a true good read on whether I really feel confident in a loss or a win. I think that the Minnesota Vikings deserve more credit, I think, than even the public has given them. I know they've won a lot of close games. Heck, the Giants have won a lot of close games. Metrics will tell you these are the two quote unquote luckiest teams in the NFL. They clearly have firepower. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins has played well, but they also have a secondary that gives up a lot of yards as well. And the Giants did explore that short, quick passing game a week ago. Uh, this is a game. And also, Paul, look, I mean we talk about the Giants coming off an emotional high, the Vikings coming off a 33, nothing high, the distractions of, you know, Christmas and everything else. This to me feels like just matchup wise. I don't think that this is as daunting as people thought originally,
1: but at the same time, it could be a big, who knows mindset wise when these two teams line up, you know, what's interesting to me, Sean, you know, you talk about the Vikings and they're 10 and in one possession games. All right. 11 and three overall, and they've got seven fourth quarter victories. Well, look at the Giants, right? We know what the Giants are. They've got five fourth quarter victories. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, you know what that tells you, Paul? I think we're gonna have a tight one of the fourth quarters. <laughs> well, you know, you one would think that. I mean, I, I look at I look at this, and I, I I've been pulling up all kinds of numbers and watching all kinds of tape. Giants eight two and one in one possession games. I mean. Yes, you would you would think. But here's here's the problem with this game. Conventional wisdom. And I was on with the Vikings, uh, one of their podcast people just yesterday. And he said to me, there's no doubt in my mind that this game is going to be one in the trenches because the Giants front four is going to beat up Kirk Cousins. Now, we know Cousins has been hit more than any other quarterback this year. I mean, the the stats are are indisputable. OK, yep. And he holds the ball long because he wants to make a big play, much like Heineke does. The difference is he's not as mobile as Heineke. So he's a statue back there. So he better have his insurance paid up because Kirk Cousins is going to be more purple than the Vikings helmet by the time the game is over.
0: That's, like that's
1: for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. OK, so you say, well, Giants are going to win that side of the trenches. And on the other side of the trenches, yeah, you got Darius Smith. He's got 10 sacks. He's a really terrific player. No one's going to dispute that. But he is basically the bulk of their pass rush. They don't do anything fancy. And they play a lot of zone coverage, which Daniel Jones usually eats up. Okay, but here's the problem. I said to the guy, yeah, the Giants will dominate the trenches. And usually that means that team is going to win. The issue is simple, though. The Vikings are so explosive on offense. They've got so many skill positions, including, by the way, Dalvin Cook, who took a 64-yard screen pass for a touchdown in the blink of an eye last week. All right, It's not just Jefferson going deep. Right. It's not just Thielen. It's not just Hawkinson. It's not just Osborne. Cook can also you in the passing game. I said the problem is, the Vikings can score on explosive plays in the blink of an eye. Absolutely. So the Giants can control the clock for 35 minutes. They can dominate in every way and still find a way to lose this game because the Vikings can score three touchdowns like that. Right. Which, That's by the what way, makes yeah. this a difficult game to, count, to to handicap. Which is
0: so funny, Paul, because I really think and, – and, you know, with the way the Giants' pass rush is going, I really think if you looked up and – I'm I'm just going to say it. If Daniel Jones had the weapons, the Vikings had, not only am I feeling good about this game, I'm feeling good in a wide open NFC. See Jalen hurts banged up that the giants could make even a deeper run than we think right now. That's how good the weapons are that Minnesota has to create those explosive plays because the explosive plays have been what's lacking the most in this giants offense that, you know, every time that there's a drop pass, it feels like it's a death blow because you just don't know how many opportunities you're going to get to go up and down the field. Now with that, with slowing down those guys, it, it appears as if one more week, we're still not going to get a Dory Jackson here. And who the heck knows with Xavier McKinney, Paul, um, this is really starting to drag along here, but now let me just put a twist on it. Am I, I could be wrong. And maybe this is me trying to have a very positive input on it. I almost feel like the giants understand what they accomplished winning in Washington. And it took some of the pressure off winning this game. And maybe that's another reason to give them more week off. Or is a Dory really just that far away still?
1: No, no, Dory's not far away at all. But but they want to be really, really sure that when he comes back, he stays on the field. He he was hoping to play against Washington last week. Right. Okay, you So it's not that so, right. Yeah. And, 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 and he is razor thin close. But they just want to be doubly extra sure because we all know about the value that he brings to this team. And you're right. The pressure is a little bit off this week, just a little bit, to where – the Colts game becomes all that more important. And I don't think the Giants want to have any setbacks at a Dory. So I do think they're being cautious. And by the way, Sean, they've done this a couple of times before in the last month and a half where they have been extra careful with certain guys, including Leonard Williams, right? You'll recall that. Right. Yes, where absolutely, yes. Yeah. He, was, he was ready to go, but oh God, maybe we can just hold him back for one more week. This, they're very conservative. They always have been, but they've been extremely cerebral in bringing their guys back this year from injury. Now, McKinney's a different story. As I explained to you, once they took the pins out of his fingers and they saw that there was so much atrophy in his hand, that became a, a, a no-brainer now. He's, he's probably not going to play for the rest of the season. Now, wow. I would be surprised if he makes it back because – he lost so much muscle tone and strength in his hand. It's 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 gonna be uh, hard for me to fathom that he's gonna regain it in the next three weeks. That's a killer. Now, for, I, could, that's yeah, a killer. I could I, I could be surprised,
0: but I, I just I don't know. know. It's a giant you know, cause Giants fans are just sitting back going, man, if they had McKinney for the playoffs. Man if they had McKinney for the playoffs, I know it's a killer. Look, well, and I got
1: so bad John, he hoped before the pins came out that it would only be Another week or two, maybe after the pins right. came out. But then when the pins came out and they saw the atrophy, it changed everything.
0: It's it just, he's so important, man. It, and that really, it just, what sucks again is we're going to point out, it's not blaming him because I'm sure nobody feels bad worse for him. It's just, oh, he's, of all the things, orchard. To not have it happen on a football field, it's just like, you got to be. Kidding. And by the way, you know, we've seen much worse, right? The JPP fireworks incident, but giant fans have just seen these freak injuries before. And it's just gut-wrenching. It kills you. It absolutely kills you. Uh, But I'll say this. What what happened to McKinney, Paul, and I don't want to laugh because it really sucks for him. You know as far as Dable and Shane or whatever, that McKinney injury is going to be talked about before every bye week as long as they are coaches and GMs to that team before they go out there. Hey, you know, we had a good team. That is going to be the poster child of what not to do on a bye week
1: for the Giants moving forward. As long as the Giants make the playoffs, it will be somewhat minimized. But if they don't make the playoffs, that's going to be as infamous as the damn boat thing screwed them up before the the Green Bay game. At least that's the narrative. I still don't buy it, but you know how people continue to sing that song.
0: Well, Paul, and I'll I'll see. no matter what really, unless it's like totally just a disaster and they can't score at all, which I guess is possible. If they lose a really close game where there's a broken play by the defense in the playoffs, people will point to say, man, if we have Xavier McKinney, we might win that game. So I I don't necessarily know that it stops uh, with or without the postseason.